You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters edition of the Living in Loserville. And hey, we talked about Living in Loserville originally when we do the show, one of our, our basketball show where we cover the Timberwolves and the Gophers is called Living in Loserville. But man, what a freaking Vikings game it was. I'm Chris, he's Aaron, and we're going to break down what was... A crazy, crazy game, to say the least. Obviously, we know Tampa Bay defeated the Vikings, our Minnesota Vikings, 26-14. A whole lot to discuss. Obviously, a lot of people will point to the missed field goals, I understand. Four missed field goals or three missed field goals and an extra point. That's 10 points. That's a lot of points. It's momentum. It's a lot of stuff, right? So that obviously played into it. the defense giving up some plays and the offense not pass protection. That played into it. And, of course, I was going to say the boys in blue, but the boys in stripes, black and white stripes, the zebras, those refs, I'll tell you, there was a couple. Whenever you got to say there's more than one or two, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. P.I. all over the place. Was it P.I.? Yeah, offensively. Um Another hit to the helmet on Cousins. You know he's going to get fined tomorrow. Didn't get called in the game. A lot of stuff went wrong in this game. Both Aaron and I did pick a blowout. Something like, I think I picked 30 to 16 or something like that. So when when push comes to shove, you know, actually is, is mad or frustrating or is just like, what the hell, put your hands up in the air and, and giggle. Because sometimes we were talking about that off air. Aaron said, I was just laughing sometimes because that's all you can do after a while. But, you know, when you leave the game and and you leave some of the crap that went on, we know we have some weaknesses as a squad. Some of them are pretty glaring. But we were right in this freaking game, in this retooling type season. Kind of fits into positivity Although it's hard to find, but positivity leading into next year, we will get in and discuss the action, offense, defense, and yes, special teams. (laughs) Oh boy, man, this Rick, we're we're out there trying out kickers, veteran kickers that have, you know, it's bad. It's bad. We got grave, grave keepers here for for kickers where we're trying out but hey maybe we'll find somebody anyway we'll definitely discuss this loss then we'll look to next week preview the chicago bears um and you know what we usually end the viking show with a gopher segment and we have a gophers victory to talk about and also a game coming up to probably close out the season we really don't know how bowl season is but we We'll be discussing a variety of stuff when it comes to our purple 
Um, it was ugly, though. What am I going to say? Anyway, if this is your first time listening to the Purple People Eaters podcast, welcome. Streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope radio. It streams live at archives. But, you know, you don't have to go to Blog Talk and, and, and download the show directly there or, or listen to the browser. You can find this here show in a variety of ways. You can find it um, on the platform rope radio on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Player FM, TuneIn, um, Stitcher, almost across the board. We're also part of the Grilling True Sports Podcast Network, which can be found almost everywhere, including Spotify. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegrillingtruth.com right now. It's football, it's basketball, it's baseball, it's boxing, everything in between. And we got a brand new Spricker account for the Living in Loserville podcast, and that's everything Minnesota. We might even talk some twins throughout the year. But that'll keep you updated throughout the year when we're not on our normal type talk like we're doing here. So that's Living in Loserville. Follow the show right there at Spricker. Check it out. Like I said, year-round we'll be doing those classic shows um, sometime in the summer, all that good stuff. Um, And one more thing before we uh, get into this freaking game that was just nuts. If you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called AT&T TV Now. It's live streaming cable. Uh, they have a seven-day free trial. There's no annual contracts to tie you down. The plans start as low as $55 a month. You can stream it anywhere. Of course, they have the cloud DVR. And right now, just for signing up, you get a three-day. Uh, three that would be be good 30-day free trial of hbo max if you sign up for the max package that'll already include hbo max plus a uh, a free month of showtime which is normally 11 dollars. that's at&t tv now live streaming cable okay i'm gonna go ahead and bring in my co-host into the fold here aaron and uh just see you know how he's doing how, how you doing man i mean obviously I think you said it best that sometimes you just you got to laugh at the TV instead of throwing your hat at it or or turning it on and turning it off or, or whatever. Um, a whole lot of stuff did not go the Vikings way on Sunday. Yeah, Chris, I'm fine. Uh, you know, it's been a I guess a boring week with the quarantine and all that stuff. But uh, I'd like to thank, you know, Roger Goodell for being so kind as to come to the game. Uh, as soon as I saw him in the stands, it was like first, I think it was even before the game started him and his wife, I just knew weird shit was going to happen. And last time I remember seeing him at a game, it was uh, the Minnesota miracle. Although that came out in our favor, it's still a little bit weird. And uh, I just like to also announce that I've officially conducted my first mock draft of the year. So nice. we can tell where we are in the season. Uh, when it comes to that, but like I said, I mean, you can put the kicking game aside, and I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that. It's the never-ending living in Loserville theme that seems to come and go right when you think you got it fixed. It it shows its face again, and, you know, put that aside and look at the rest of the game, and it's hard to because, like you said earlier, Chris, with the momentum and the way those kicks would have meant and how that would have kind of kept us in the game, if you can set that aside, we still had some issues, and we knew going in it was going to be a tough game. But that first quarter, I think we mentioned off air, you know, we were right where we wanted to be, running the football, playing good defense. And then uh, the officials came, came in, and we'll cover that as well. And, you know, but I got to say, starting the game, they came out swinging right where you wanted to be. Yeah, you're right. I mean, 
no doubt about it. Um, both teams had to punt on their first drives. We had a couple of scrambles. I think we got sacked on third and four. Cook had a nice screen pass, but we had to punt five play. Actually, Brady uh, missed Grunk on a third and three. He missed about four throws during that game that seemed pretty basic. Um, so you're like, okay, punt, punt. Let's see what happens. And, I mean, one of the many long drives, you could tell for the Vikings anyway, yeah. you could tell they were really – you know, saying, all right, we're not going to we're going to keep everything in front of us or we're, we're not going to get beat deep. And so we basically took what they gave us and they they did give us chunk yards once in a while. But most of it was just grinded out 14 play, 84 yard, 18 or eight minutes, 815 in time. Um, Thielen had a 15 yard catch. He also had a run. Otherwise, Cook did most of the damage, had a really tough run just to get in. And, of course, you know, the, the, the wide left, six zip, okay, no big deal. We're going to be okay. A free and out. Brady missed another open receiver. It's like, hold on now. We go down eight plays, 49 yards. It's looking pretty good. I mean, I think we got sacked uh, on a, another third and seven, but the short passing, I think it was uh, Jefferson had a 17-yard catch. Cook had a nice run. Okay, no big deal. 36-yard field goal, Aaron, after you missed an extra point, 36-yard field goal. <laughs> like, it's right there. We'd be up, ten, well, 9-0, to 10-0, you know, 10-zip, if not. But it's so crucial to have a drive and end up with points, and that's what killed us. You hit the nail on the head. You, you know, you saw the missed extra point, and, you, you know, you had to think inside, of this, this is going to be a long day. But, you know, Bailey has bounced back from things like that before, so you didn't really think it was a throw the towel and he can't kick at this point. But like you said, you get a nice drive. Uh, there's a penalty on that drive to help you out a little bit. You line up for a 36-yarder, and uh, he can't make that. Now you start – now the veil comes down, and you're starting to say, okay, well, this is – combined with last week, uh, this is starting to be an issue. You know, but the defense comes in after the mixed, missed extra point. Gives up a 48-yard pass to Miller touchdown. I could go, for, you know, go into what happened before that, but I think there was two plays, a running play or something, and big bomb. Uh, Zimmer said it was a mixed-up coverage, and you got two All-Pros at safety. Uh, hard to explain how Scotty Miller can get free for 46 yards. Yeah, no doubt about it. It was like okay, and that's that whole feeling. Okay, we could be up ten to. We're down. We're down seven to six. Okay, we're down seven to six. Okay, so no big deal. We got our we got our run game going, like you mentioned. Cooks running the shit out of the ball. I think there was a false start to make it to make it third and fifteen. Irv and and Cron, you know uh, Conklin both had nice little fifteen yard catches on that drive. You line up. We're having trouble problems on third down. We line up for a 54 yarder and you can, you can take a 54 yarder miss, yeah. you know, on the chin, right? No big deal. But some of these misses, Aaron, were mm-hmm. just, they weren't even touching the net. I mean, the no. net's way out there. I mean, that's what was killing me. Yeah. It wasn't just the miss. It was the miss. I mean, they were way right, way left. You could see it coming right off the kick, right? You know, his foot hit the ball that it wasn't going in. Uh, and then you start to, you know, the kicking woes of this franchise start to, you know, overwhelm you at this point, and you start to think, 
you know, can we ever make a kicker? What's going on with Bailey and all the questions that are coming in. But at that point, you know, you're what that's what total of seven points that you could have had. You're still in the game. Uh, you know, I think it's 13, seven at this point. And, uh, do you think they're watching, you know, Harrison Smith, Chris, uh, Anytime he makes a hit that's questionable now, he's getting flagged on it. I never really saw him as a, you know, a dirty player or a player that would do something like that. I think it's just his tackling form and the way they're calling things or what's convenient at the time. But anyways, he gets a penalty, followed that up with Gladney getting the penalty. Uh, that's the one I think is that the end zone one where that's the end zone Evans one. falls down. And uh, I'm Evans fell down. Uh, Gladney had a hold of his arm as he was falling, but it wasn't like a, a firm grip. Uh, Gladney bounces up with the ball, takes off down the field. He's pretty sure he's got a pick, uh, but the refs throw the flag, throw Gladney, throw a penalty on Gladney, and that's when the whole referees, what are they doing, what are they seeing, how are they going to call this game? You know, you get two steps forward, they, they take a step back, back for you. And what kind of game are we in here starts to be the question. Yeah, and with Smith, I do kind of think that, you know, when you're going to go ref a game, you probably do pay attention to who got the call then or whatever. And I don't know if you go in there and say, okay, this guy's gotten four targeting, five targeting penalties. And then you do you review the tape at all? Or do you just say, okay, that's in the back of my head. So I'm looking for it. It's another one that, it's a bang bang play. He, he's clearly getting his shoulder involved. Like you have helmets on because they're gonna at some point potentially touch. You know what I mean? Like that's why you have an helmet on to protect your fucking head. We know what a spear is. All these replays over the years, we know what spearing, what straight helmet to helmet is. In fact, it's happening to our 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 quarterback a couple times now. We so we know what it is. And oh yeah. It's it's just not that's just not and then like you said the Evans was on the ground doesn't make that that ball like not catchable then at least give us that or something I I just don't well it had I all the components it. it had all the components Gladney was going for the ball mm-hmm. he had it he was turned around yeah he took uh, over the, the only route. thing that he took over the route the only thing that was questionable is Evans is losing his feet which you go back in the replay and you look that was all Evans Gladney had nothing to do with that. Uh, and they threw the flag before Gladney really had possession of the ball, so you can't say they were trying to stop a, an interception there because they didn't really see how it was going to come out. But just to throw the flag like that on a young rookie DB who's basically doing probably the best coverage I've seen him do, particularly in the end zone, uh, it's unfortunate, and it really kind of tips the scales of the game. Yeah, you're right. And and then we had a three and out that it was all messed up. We called a timeout. We had it incomplete, only took up – like a very 23 seconds of, of stuff. So just in time though, with Goodell in the house, just in time. Well, now we got two things on this. I, I almost forgot. How could I almost forget the time? Exp- I swear to God, when you line <laughs> it up, when you line, and I don't swear to God much. Okay. I don't say that much. Um, when you line it up with the, with, I was going to say the shot clock, the play clock and the clock clock, you know, it looked like he didn't get the spike off. Okay, time expired. It should be, you know, there should be an issue there. But, you know, okay, we'll give you a little bit. We'll give you one more shot. Goes deep, and it's been 11 years 
since a pass interference on a Hail Mary was called. And there's always pass interference because you're all bundled up and you're running into each other. But if you're going to call P.I., Aaron, there's plenty of P.I. And it's at the beginning of the play when the guy's stiff-arming on the face mask, completely separating himself. If you're going to throw a flag, at least throw a damn flag on something that counts. So now all of a sudden it's 17 to six. We just, or six. We just give them three points. Really did. And like you said, it's been 11 years since they've made that call. Uh, I had never seen an offensive uh, face mask on an offensive player before. So now I mentioned this a few times during the course of our show that it just seems to find these obscure calls that always seem to go against the Vikings as if, you know, they're digging deep into the, uh, rule book to try to find them and uh, always comes up with them. It never, it's uncanny living in Loserville action. It's just the way it goes. And uh, like you said, we go into the halftime 17, six and they moved right down the field, like you said, and it was all on penalties and, or well, not really all. It was one penalty that moved them down the field. But like you said, the, the clock operator there, I've watched that a few times and it just lingered. It reminds me of the uh, Wisconsin Penn state game where journey Brown the clock had clearly expired before they got that playoff. Yeah. Brown runs in for a touchdown. So at this point, I'm laughing because there's not much else you can do. There, it's things are you're working against the referees, you're working against Goodell, you're working against a decent Tampa Bay Buccaneers squad, and you're kind of working against yourself. And you're down 17-6 when you should have been in the game with an extra at least 10 points or seven points even. Right. Uh, Things are not looking good, but you're still in the ball game and it's halftime. Right. And we're not here always talking about, oh, the refs are screwing us and all that. But once you line up enough of these, I mean, it's like, you know, it, it, it just gets ridiculous. And clearly, like I said, we, we had our own issues. We, we were giving up some yards, chunk plays and all that. Our O-line was struggling to protect. We get all that. Um, but our running game was humming, but it really, it was kind of deflating, even though I liked the way we'll talk about how they, they battled back, but it was pretty deflating. They get that first drive of the second half. We're down 17 to six, nine play drive McCoy, heavy lifting. Most of it, um, they go down and, and just grind out, uh, you know, a, a, a nice little touchdown thing or touchdown drive. So it's 23 to six, just like that. And you're like, man, here we are, dude. But I'll say this, man. I really liked how we battled back. And a lot of people were like, why didn't we target deep more? Why didn't we throw to Jefferson and Thielen more? And I, and I understand that. I do get that. One, they were taking it away clearly. They didn't have eight in the box. It's like the first team that didn't have eight in the box all the time against us. So we're like, well, let's take that. And we still were short passing. I mean, Irv Smith, welcome back. Um, he, he played good. Same with Conklin as a blocker pass catcher. But I really like the 15-play drive. Another eight minutes. Conklin, Ham, Cook. We had a fourth and six pickup, which on another drive we had two of them. And um, Irv Smith gets a touchdown. We get the, the extra point. You know, it's 23-14. to 14, Buck 36 left of the third quarter. Now, O'Neal did get hurt on that one. And you could tell the second he went out, our protection went from pretty bad to, oh, my God. We gave up 24 pressures, 12 hits on the quarterback. Six of them were of those hits were sacks. 
but the defense now started playing better, three and out. So it's three and out. We put some plays together, and, and let's talk about that, once again, a 12-play drive that put us in scoring range. Yeah, started off with a catch by Irv Smith for 25 yards. And the, then, then you started to see Samia come in. Rashad Hill goes down, a little hurt. But they work their way down the field. And right at the moment of, of truth, uh, Cousins gets sacked. And then we move back. We're left in third and long. Uh, then Cousins gets sacked again. And then we're really behind the eight ball on that one. And uh, But we're still in field goal range. Might as well go for it. You know, redemption time for Dan Bailey. <laughs> just get out there and make a kick, son. That's all you got to do. <laughs> just spit you on your foot. Spit on your foot. It'll be fine. And this one goes, I think, this one I think went left, wide left. So it seems like he was adjusting for the wide right, and this one went wide left or, or vice versa. I don't really remember at this point. He misses another one, and we all kind of see the writing on the wall. We knew, I had every, I knew that they would come out uh, out of the half and, and drive down the field and more or less put the game away. It just seemed to be the way things were going. And uh, they did. And now we're, you know, now we're what, three field goals missed and an extra point. Uh, we're completely out of the game for all intents and purposes. We're in the fourth quarter here. Uh, defense comes out. We get to see DJ Wanham comes in for a great tackle for a loss. It doesn't really amount to much. They get in field goal range. They kick a field goal and make it. No so problem. Now, 48 yards, no problem, Aaron. No, no problem. problem. No sweat. Right through. And it's 26-14, Chris, and nothing left to do really but, you know, hope and pray, and uh, no one's in town to hear those um, Sunday. <laughs> and we go down another 12-play drive. Thielen and, and Jefferson um, made some nice grabs. Two fourth, I think it was on the two fourth down conversions. We were four of five on third down, uh, trying to find some positives here. But in in on that drive, yet another helmet to helmet contact, elbow to helmet, um, which always gets called, but except for us, and it led to a sack fumble. Was it back to back sacks on a fumble? Yeah. It was a wrap. I'll tell you what, Delvin Cook about three times. The shoestring tackle got him, dude. I mean, oh, my gosh. And just one of those could have changed the game, you know? Yeah, he really lost his feet on a couple. He broke through the line of scrimmage, got past the linebackers, and just couldn't keep his feet. That was frustrating. I'm glad you brought that up. I think maybe some of it has to do with him running so far in front of his pads. I mean, that's his running style. But I think maybe his his feet couldn't keep up with his mind and uh, lost his feet. Otherwise, that was a, a probably – if not big yardage, a couple of scores that, that might have been. Yeah, and that's kind of what the day was, what might have been. Now, we both picked a healthy loss just because we couldn't line up with them in a sense. Like, you know, we're, we're going to get exploited in this one. And you leave a mess, you know, no doubt about it. It was a mess. But when you leave this game, if you really think about it, I'm not feeling all that bad, especially now that it's Tuesday, you know. But, I mean, there was a lot of positives to take out of that, considering we're in that retool we've been talking about the whole time. Well, I think you're right there. You do have to dig kind of deep to find some positives. I'm glad you're doing it, but I thought that Cam Dantzler played well. They kind of stayed away from him. 
And then uh, Gladney, you know, I, like I said, great coverage, bad call. But other than that, he played pretty well. He gave up, I think, that uh, long bomb to Scotty Miller. But, you know, I think he was supposed to have safety help and didn't have it there. I thought the defensive line played the best I had seen them play, particularly rushing, rushing the passer. Uh, offensive line until the injuries was adequate. They did what they had to do. Kirk was getting uh, first downs with his feet more than one, which is uh, a good sight to see. And Kirk has improved his play, uh, maybe not numbers-wise, but just from watching him, the way he's running the team. There's a definite change since the bye week. And uh, I don't know if he started the season slow. I was very hard on him. Still don't think he's the greatest thing, but I think he's played really well. I don't think that anything he did in this game uh, caused the uh, – in fact, I think he was more frustrated than than anyone else because I think he really wanted to go down there and win. And uh, so he seemed motivated, and I like to see a motivated Kirk Cousins. So there are some silver linings to take out of the game. But, man, I mean, we should pretty much change the name of the show to Silver Linings and Knock on Wood because <laughs> – I'm sick of silver linings, Chris, and I'm sick of knocking on wood, and I'm sick of worrying about kickers, and I think a lot of Viking fans feel the same way. Yeah, that's true. I guess I'm just trying to keep it in perspective of blow. both of us had a blowout loss, and it definitely, although the score was double digits, it, that's not something I'd call a blowout loss. Just a little backing you up on the Danzler thing, I mean, before the bye, he was giving up a 134.4 passer rating, which... You know, you don't have to be a stat guy to not know that's bad. Since the bye, though, since he's been playing well, especially these last three games, 35.8. The guy has been balling out ever since you knocked on wood for him. We right now are working out a kicker, Taylor Bertolette, <laughs> a 28-year-old uh, transaction here on the wire. He played for A&M. In 2012 to 2015, he had a 66% there, so that really counts. No, but he played in that AAF. He was nine of. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna stop. I'm gonna stop. But th- it was really. Well, Chris, kinda, was the, go ahead. That was the worst kicking performance since 1961, and uh, for the Minnesota Vikings, that's saying something. Uh, we've had some terrible kicking performances, but not like a whole day of missed kicks. I can't remember one. Um, since 1961, no one's had a worse day for this franchise. And I think this franchise started in, what, 60? Well, 60 no, that's something? overall. That's since Washington, John Avaney in 1961. Oh, yeah. Not just the franchise, buddy. Oh, no, I wish it were that. No, no, no. In the league since 1961, no one has gone 0 for 1 for extra points and 0 for 3 for field goals since good old Mr. John Avaney. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more. Any, whoever the hell that may be. That <laughs> and guy to top did. it all off, Zimmer's quote is, we don't care about feelings anymore, unquote. 
Now, I didn't expect Bailey to be on the squad as of this Tuesday morning. Uh, but it's looking more and more like they're going to stick with them. Now, I don't know if that's because of the COVID protocol and you have to wait five days to even enter the building. But uh, we know Zimmer doesn't have a lot of patience for kickers. Maybe that tune has changed. I don't think it has. Uh, I've heard a lot of talk about, well, Zimmer's hard on kickers. Well, I'm sorry, man, but you have one job. Make field goals. I mean, kickoffs and stuff. You can get another guy to do that, but the field goal kicker, that's your one job. Hit the post, at least. You know, like, you know. They, they were way off. Like you said, he recalibrated to the other side. It's like, and what's going on? I just don't see it. Everyone wants to connect Zimmer's roughness and gruffness to kicking problems, and I just don't buy that. I don't see it. I don't want Zimmer to be connected with right. that at all. Uh, you have one job to do. Sorry about your feelings, but you got to make these kicks because the defense is working hard. The offense is working hard. You're letting them down. I don't think Zimmer should have any more patience than he has uh, with kickers. Yeah, and we had only three, three and one three and out, eight possessions today, or then. This is from Eric Smith on Twitter. Seven drives in Tampa Bay territory, um, six inside the 40 of the Bucks, and so that that's not good. But man, when you start to look at some of these draft picks, Jefferson. Gladney, Cleveland, Danzler, DJ Wanham. I mean, we're looking pretty good here on this last draft. Uh, Spillman came through, it looks, I got to say. I know we signed about 38 guys, uh, you know, and drafted about 27 of them. But we're getting some productive uh, – we're getting some production, more than just some out of this uh, here last draft. Yeah, whether that's necessity is the mother of invention. I mean, maybe you need you get production because you need it from those guys. But I think you're right. This draft was, you know, you start with Jefferson, you go to Dantzler, you go to Gladney, you go to Wanham. Uh, even you're getting guys with playing time like Lynch. It's getting in there a bit. Uh, you know, Ezra Cleveland, his name gets left out a lot. So everybody's been productive. I think we picked 15 players, and most of them have played a little bit. Some of them didn't make the squad. I think two of them. But other than that, Chris, you're right, and it just bodes well for the future. And that is really the silver lining of the season is that those guys are getting playing time. And some of them, I could even go as far to say as most of them, are, are playing awfully well. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it, it, of course, they're going to be somewhat – they're going to get in the lineup, but it's – a about how you play too and uh, you know i think what did we say dj was fourth or tied for third in pressures and he didn't really play it a lot early there is this still shot that's pretty amazing i don't even like to say his name anymore i just call him our left guard um there's a still shot of him it looks like he's rushing the passer like it it's it literally looks like he's rushing the passer and yeah, you're just you're like, about, you know? did, did you see that? Okay, because I just sent it to you. Yeah, I did. I mean, dude, it, it, you could tell that's like a stunt, and we get destroyed on stunts, but you could just the, – the dude's about we to do. just destroy – what's that? So we do. We do get destroyed on Yeah, on we're stunts. third worst in, in stunts. I just saw the stat. I was like, wow, yeah, I suppose we are. But when you see that, the guy – it looks like our, our left guard is just – about to just run right into Cousins and get the sack. I mean, it's like, where are you, dude? 
and what is going on. Otherwise, it looks like it's pretty well protected if you look at it, you know. And you can see Cousins is just getting back into his spot. He looks like he knows where he's going with the ball, but it's just like – it's, it just really puts it in perspective. For those who didn't see that out there, I'm sure maybe you saw it on Twitter or Instagram or in, in the Facebook. This is totally off the, the, the edge here, but or out of subject, but not, not really. It's Vikings. Um, a couple of days back, happy 53rd birthday to Hall of Fame defensive tackle Johnny Randall. 137 and a half career sacks. He made the 1990s All-Decade team. Made the top 100 all time, and of course the class of 2015 Hall of Fame. Good old Johnny Randall. It'd be nice to have Johnny Randall there in the in the middle right now, huh? It would be very nice. That's exactly what we need in there. You know, especially next year with Michael Pierce coming back, put Johnny Randall next to him. But I didn't realize he was 53. Did you say he was 53? Yep. Jeez, man. Well, I suppose, yeah, you go back to 98. He probably retired, what, 2001, 2, 3, 4, 5, something like that. So, yeah, man, uh, one of the better. Uh, and he was an undersized guy, UDFA. Uh, you know, great story. And, and from what I hear, he's a great guy. You wouldn't think that from how he played on the field, but everybody that knows him off the field says he's one of the nicest guys ever. So maybe the field was his alter ego. But, yeah, happy birthday to him. And Hall him of Famer. And Thompson, Hall of Famer. Yep, Henry him and Henry Thompson, just that line, Dolman, Millard, like yep. those four, man. Oh, my goodness gracious. Just nasty, nasty, nasty. Anything else that you'd like to touch upon when it comes to this here Vikings debacle of a game we call uh, uh, NFL football? Not so much. Kind of want to wipe it out of our memory. Figure out what they're going to do with the kicker. Uh, if he continues to be on the squad how are they going to fix that special teams all year has been a mess uh and that's got to get fixed i know we've given up 10 sacks in the last three games that's not good but we said like you said earlier uh we knew this was going to be a tough one um the sad thing is is i thought if we played well uh we had a chance to win that ball game we just didn't play well enough had some things not go our way that's an understatement and uh we knew, we knew it would be a loss, uh, but these things tend to work out referee-wise. Chris and I expect us to see some gifts coming our way, probably against the Saints in two weeks. Well, you know, that it. well, I suppose we have the ultimate uh, ref thing. They still got some payback from uh, 2009, but we won't get into that. We won't get into that. You know who's going to be on the call, too. Vilma's going to be on the damn call. God dang it. Um all right, that's uh, that's on Christmas, by the way. The NFL never plays on Christmas, basically, unless it's on a Sunday. Sometimes they still do it Saturdays. Oh, we're just gonna throw one in there. That's usually the uh, NBA uh, day. But yeah, that the they are playing then. But this week we have the Chicago Bears, who finally got off the Schneid just in time, put up their most just convincing. In time. Yeah, just in time, put up their most convincing win over Houston, who has a lot of the same problems we do. Um, they can't protect their quarterback. Their defense is all over the place. Yada yada yada. But thirty-six to seven, um, that's a butt whooping. And you know, I mean, the the young, the well, still pretty young uh, quarterback there for the Bears. You know, the guy that just loves to scramble on us. Um, he's back in the fold. We don't have Foles now. Trubisky is back uh, for whatever that matters. 
Um, it is basically a, a pick 'em game. We're on the road, or no, we're at home, but it's a three point game uh, over under 47. And Brian O'Neill did come back in the game, but he's still questionable. Kyle Rudolph, they're talking about his back. All of a sudden, it was his foot. I'm like, oh, hold on. You said foot? A foot and a skill player. That's a little scary. I don't know if he'll be back. Matson's still out. Chris Boyd is on the injury reserve. Kendricks is questionable. They have some guys questionable. Probably Jalen Johnson would be the the one that really stands out where he's a, he's a young, good player. But... There's a lot of people that the what ifs, if they're going to play or not, that kind of hurts you just off the bat. I mean, we're definitely going to need O'Neal. He had such a good game last game against the guy, two of the guys, especially one off the edge. You really hurt us. Mac, I'm talking about Khalil Mack, of course. He did pretty good in that game. And if we don't have him, it's it's it seems like it's all sorts of problems. But just – Beating a team twice in a season is not easy, you know, that easy either. Well, Chris, I mean, this is the Bears. We got to talk about Akeem Hicks, Akeem Hicks, and Akeem Hicks. What's his status? Is he injured? Is he ready to play? Because if he's ready to play, it's going to be a hard. Oh, he's ready to, to, to play. Ball on. He hurt that hamstring, but he, he he played two weeks ago. He's ready to play, of course. Unfortunately. So we got Trubisky with ten yard first down runs and Akeem Hicks stopping our run. Uh, I think the Vikings have come out with like a sour taste in their mouth. They have to, you know, after the game they just played. Some of it their fault, some of it not. The Bears, like you said, starting to play well. Uh, I got to wonder, Chris, and I wonder where you stand on this. Uh, did Tampa crack the code for uh, defending our offense? What Tampa did was, like you said, they wouldn't give up anything uh, over their heads, and they kept everything in front of them and were willing to, you know, uh, the poison they chose was the run game and uh, we weren't able to beat him with that so we're going to see a lot of teams playing coverage not letting us go deep keeping everything in front of them and forcing delvin cook to beat you now against the bears i think delvin cook can beat you if you can move akeem hicks so i think there's a lot of variables going into this thing um but i think they're going to really work on stopping the pass don't let jefferson beat you don't let Thielen beat you but i think and i'll let you answer that question after i make my pick here i think we bounce back uh it's a game at home. I think the offense comes out firing. This is a gut feeling just because I feel like the taste, like I said, it's a bad taste in their mouth, and they want to clean that out. Uh, so I say 33-20. Uh, we win. I feel like a big offensive day. Won't give up so much on defense, and we win. Now, I'm not 100% confident of this pick, but I like the way it's going, and I, I want to be optimistic that we get this win. So I say 33-20. Vikings win. If we could put 33 points up, oh, my God, that would be phenomenal against Chicago. When's the, when's the last time we even did that against them? I don't even want to go check it out. Um, yeah, I mean, I, we saw the difference, you know, with Hicks in when we were just kind of, uh, we got about 50-some yards. And then, remember, we got like 60-some yards the second he left for like two drives worth. We were just like, here we go, let's run it. And they ran to close that game too. Remember it was like six straight runs or seven straight runs from Cook. Um, I just, I don't know, man. I mean, you're right. Maybe they will, they crack the code with our deep stuff and some of the deep crossing and maybe they will not stack, 
you know, the box. And maybe that does help more. Obviously, I, I, I want to pick a win, too. I actually have it 23 to 19. But I really think that they, that could flip either way. I, I just don't know if O'Neal's out. I, I don't think we can win this game because if we can't really, maybe we'll be able to run a little bit better if they play back. But still, you know, Hicks in the middle, that freaking rangy ass linebacker that just defense and wherever you want to put Mac, uh, he usually is like a Mac Chuck on us. You know what? I'm going to – this season we have bounced back. We did even bounce back in, in that game last week. Even though we were missing field goals, we kept driving the field. So I will – I'll join you. 23-19, to 19, the Minnesota Vikings uh, get the job done. And I know people will go, oh, great, we screwed up a little bit. You know, now we're going to be not – you know, we're going to be 22nd and not – you know, 18th or whatever. I know all that plays into it. And, you know, I'm going to go out there. But if no O'Neal, man, I, I don't – it could get ugly. But let's let's hope for the best. I, the fact that O'Neal came back, it does kind of lend itself to, to playing, right? You know, you figure. Yeah, it's a tough pick. It really is because, like you said, it all kind of, you know – I know Kendrick's either, maybe. Fuck. Yeah, and Kendrick's. The thing that uh, kind of makes me go, the thing that kind of makes me go 33 points and a win is I just don't think that, and I don't think they've ever really been able to handle Thielen and Jefferson. Uh, even if they do play that, that coverage with a week to figure that out and kind of counter it, I feel like we'll get some long touchdowns here. Uh, but like you said, I'm about as confident as you are with my pick, but I just got a feeling that it's going to be, if we win, it's going to be by a lot and by a lot of points. I feel like a win is what's coming. And so I'm going to stick with my pick, but like you said, it could go either way. It's an interesting one, but let's hope they get the W. Speaking of the W, two two different Ws. W who we play, but also the win over Nebraska. Now, for the Gophers, we usually end you know, with the Gophers segment, so we will. We actually have a little bit to talk about this week. Uh, missing 33 players, the team that, and I said this in the college ball show too, the team that sued the Big Ten to play, and we ultimately played, they should have shoot, sued Michigan and Illinois because that's who actually held us back firstly, but that, that's neither here nor there. But, you know, somehow, some way, they got beat by a team they probably shouldn't lose to at this state of the game because we're missing so many people. The biggest thing I could take away – from the 24 to 17 win was and in Fleck even talked about this at the end of the game, in the press conference when he said, you know what? I wasn't as aggressive as I should have been to close the game. And just a couple of passes here and there. Mm -hmm. um, obviously we know we got a number one guy in, in Adam bell and, and, and Jackson missed a deep ball, but he looks like he's the real deal. Pretty big dude. Some like fifth year senior guys, you know, type guy that Gary made some good catches. I mean, we actually had Span Ford, who we've been waiting for him to, to do something. He got a first touchdown, but I like the aggressiveness to throw the ball later in the game. One, Aaron, and then two, the two freshmen. Two weeks ago, we talked about, I think his name was Carter, 
big yep. boy down low D tackle 99, but they added another freshman in the mix and played like 22 over the game. Those two in the middle, I liked what I saw out of that. That was one of my bullet points I was going to bring up. That looks good for next year. I think it's uh, Richard something. And then, uh, yeah, like you said, Carter, two big boys in the middle, and that's the defensive line that we're talking about starting to build. But this was my favorite gopher game to watch of the year so far. Just because of the young people playing, you really got a good look at them. And I thought it was a really gritty win to go down there with 22 freshmen that were playing a little bit. And uh, and beat Nebraska now. It got a little bit dicey. And, you know, like you said, Chris Ottman-Bell looks like he can be a number one. And uh, – Muhammad Ibrahim is Muhammad Ibrahim. You give him a hole, he'll get in there. Not the fastest guy, but really good vision and hard to tackle. Here's a talker for you, Chris. I was thinking about this as I was watching the game. We've seen a large uh, sample size of Tanner Morgan, and we, we both really wanted him to start when he wasn't starting. We're glad that he did get to start. Uh, my question is, I really feel like Tanner is – just good enough. Now, I'm not saying he's a bad quarterback. I'm not saying, I mean, you know, from our past quarterbacks, he's steps above. But, yeah. like, to get to that real next level, um, he's not, you know, an elite quarterback, I think, in college football. I think he's just good enough to do what we do here in Minnesota. Nothing against him. Uh, I guess my question is, do you feel the same way about that? I feel like he's not exceptional. He doesn't have the greatest arm. He's questionable a lot under pressure. Uh, he's questionable. Uh, some of his passes, uh, but overall he's just good enough. And I'm wondering if he chooses to stay for a senior season, if if he'll even start with Jacob Clark behind him. Um, that's a question for a different day. But I'm just wondering, what do you think about my assessment of Tanner just kind of being, you know, I don't want to take anything away from him, but just kind of being good enough at this point in time. I mean, at the collegiate level, he's a pretty darn good uh, yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, and for the system, like we, we always talk about what we strive to be is the Badgers, right? Well, take out Wilson and for that one-year transfer from NC State, and he's better than any quarterback they had in that whole time, uh, or just as good. But, um, I, 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 don't, I mean, you could say a couple guys here and there, but I, I just don't see how you could say that those guys are better than him. Um, you know, he's had to, he definitely, because of the amount of people that were playing on the offensive line that didn't have that same experience. Um, clearly you're right. He's not that great under pressure. I don't care what Mel Kapper said at the end of last year in the first round or early second. I knew that was all bullshit. I knew that was just stat driven. Clearly he's good for the system and he's, he's a pretty good quarterback. And I think in college, especially that leadership actually plays even heavier because it's so day-to-day you go eat with them you go this whereas in pros you go home it doesn't really matter who you hang out with you know in the pros but yeah i think he's i think he's very good and i can answer your question he's coming back and he's gonna start clark i don't think clark is just gonna overtake his job i could be wrong he does have that more prototypical size but i'm guessing um that he'll 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 come back and start next year. If he doesn't come back, I think it's a huge mistake. There's no reason, especially when there's like six guys, eight guys that'll get drafted maybe before him. So I think that's ridiculous. But yeah, I I, I do think I'm right there with you. But that isn't no hack. That is not a hack. You're right because compared to what we've had, definitely he's he's up there. 
as one of the best, if not the best. And then if you just go to right to Iowa or Wisconsin, besides Wilson, he's right there with them. And he, so he's good enough. He's definitely good enough. So I will watch Flex press conference uh, previewing this game against Wisconsin. And I think he was pretty happy ducking Wisconsin for a year. I think when they showed up and said, oh, you get to play Wisconsin now, I don't think that was what he really wanted to hear at that point in time. He got the season to 3-3, three and three, and now he's got to go face Wisconsin, which he wouldn't have had to do unless they added this game. And I don't think he really wanted to be. Now, having saying that, or having said that, um, I think they're going to come out with their hair on fire, and I think this is going to be a performance. Like uh, I think he's going to get them charged up to play this game. Um I think they'll be excited. They got a lot of young thing, but it's the last game of the season. Um, they got a lot to prove in the rivalry. We lost last year. Uh, we beat them the year before in Madison. We're back in Madison this time. Uh, I think he'll pull out his magic and his motivation and get these guys playing like they just haven't, haven't played before. And I really think they're going to win this game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any stretch of the imagination because Wisconsin's a great team and they stop the run and we like to run and all those other components that go into it. But I think we're going to win this one, 28-23. Um, I'm optimistic just because I feel like it's, you know, it's this game and then next year I don't know if they've decided on bowl games yet. Maybe you can get into that a little bit. But I really think they win. Uh, and I don't think that's – I'm more confident about this pick than I am with the Vikings pick. And I really think they're going to go to Camp Randall. And uh, it'll be a game that you got to see because I think they're going to be fired up. Well, I'll say this. I'm very happy that because we knew we were going to play. Well, I shouldn't say no because COVID, <laughs> but we knew we were going to play one more game because at the beginning of the year, when they had them lined up at eight games regular season, they were going to do the championship week. And I think there's only one game that's knocked off uh, because Michigan's messed up. But other than that, as of right now, it's Tuesday. Everyone's playing. So I do like having another game. Like you said, we're still really vague. If any bankruptcy thing is positive all this is hopefully some of those just nondescript bowl games get bankrupt for good, but that's another story. But yeah, I don't think we're going to go to a bowl game, but it is really vague. So we really don't know. And to me, this is a bowl game for sure. I mean, 113 straight games we played. It's the longest ongoing rival rivalry besides that, like constantly play besides Harvard in Yale, I believe it is. So, I mean, 113 years, now it's 114. We keep that streak alive. And I really think, like you said, I don't know if I agree 100% with the, the Fleck thing, but I do think you're right about motivation. It's a We just won a, the bell, right? Is that the something bell from Nebraska? I think it was a bell, right? So now we have a chance at the axe and that's something that you could take around during the summer hopefully a COVID's a lot better than and, and take it all over the state like we did two years ago um the thing is here's the thing they have been dealing with COVID as well obviously even more than us uh throughout the year anyway and they've been missing some offensive linemen too now that front seven though still I don't know about that one I'm a little in between I think it'll be a close game People say, oh, they've lost three in a row. That's true, but they lost to three ranked teams in a row. Um, and, and all but Iowa was very winnable. So I actually, I'm not, I think it'll be 23-20 or something like that. I really think it's a, it's a, 
Yeah, it's just a bear. I, I'm gonna actually say they're gonna lose, but you know that it is. I'm super happy that if we have if we have one more game left, that we actually this is the game because we didn't have you know we didn't have it. We got to keep the rivalry going. 114 straight years, so I'm really happy, and I'll pick them uh, to lose. But I think you're making a lot of great points about Fleck. Really, like your hair on fire, the motivation. This does mean something. Whereas the Badgers, they're still in the mix of hey, not in the mix this year, but the the the, the culture's a little different there. So they're probably like bummed out right now. And they've only won two games. They only got to play five games, which is a game less than us. And so long story short, I'm not sure we win, but I, I, I'm really, really happy that they got to potentially end the game or end the season with uh, this is this is just good as a bowl game, I think. Yeah. I think you're right. Whether we go to a bowl game or not, uh, this is the bowl game. And like you said, 114 years. I think it is the longest except for Army-Navy maybe. Or it's either Army-Navy or Harvard-Yale, like you said. And uh, you got to keep that going. Of course, I was a proponent for not even playing this season. But if you got to play and you got to finish the season out, uh, you do it traditionally with Wisconsin. I like I like what's going into Wisconsin. The weather could be an issue. I don't know what's on the forecast, but that's always a thing. And you know, I just feel like they're going to play well now. Uh, I like what you said a little bit, and I, li- I respect your pick for the loss, but I really think they'll, they'll win this one, and uh, <clears throat> maybe that pro- you know propels them into a bowl game, but I'm not sure. But let's just take it one week at a time, and this week I think we win. Uh, go ahead and follow us on Instagram at Living in Loserville. Also follow us on Spricker.com. Uh, go and follow us there where the show is now playing. I think we're now on Google on that platform. We're now on iHeartRadio on that platform, so you can find us. Uh, anywhere you want, and uh, go Vikings, go Gophers. There we go. Living in Loserville, Spricker. Follow it so you can keep up to date. All right, we're going to get out of here. Enjoy the weekend. Christmas is around the corner, and uh, hopefully we can walk away with double Ws. Peace. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.